Welcome to the Kara's Cures digital show and podcast where we explore the cutting edge of wellness. This episode is sponsored by the Center for Advanced Reproductive Services. And I'm Kara Sundlin. We, of course, want to raise our kids to be the best that they can be. That's the goal for most parents. And, of course, teaching your children certain skills can really help. But what if there was one that really mattered? Here with us is Dr. Laura Saunders. She is a child psychologist at the Institute of Living, and she has the one skill that's really important. Welcome, doctor. Thank you for having me, Kara. Yeah, so what is it? Inquiring minds want to know. <laughs> yes, so what I always like to remind people is that parenting is the hardest job in the world. There's very few jobs where you put in so much time and effort, you get paid next to nothing, and you get very little positive feedback on all the effort that you put in, right? But one researcher interviewed dozens and dozens of parents of children who were highly considered highly successful individuals. Um, and in the interviews, really asked them what skills they taught their kids at an early age to help them be so successful. And there was one quality or trait that really seemed to rise above the rest and be endorsed by all of the parents of these highly successful kids. And that trait was curiosity. Curiosity, okay. So uh, you say that actually is quote unquote a rare skill that we use, but it can be taught. It can be taught, right? It's, and curiosity is not just the simple desire to know something. Um, you know, the very popular children's book, which I, I'm assuming it's still popular, right? Curious George, yeah. right? Curious George does a lot of very mischievous things and gets in trouble. Um, but Curious George is always learning something new. And in turn, the people around Curious George are always learning new things. Um, and so it's not just so much about being curious about the information, um, you know, and, and I, I do worry a little bit that school is about kind of learning rote information. Um, but I don't necessarily want to rail against schools because everyone knows that I love teachers and teachers teaching is one of the probably second to parenting. It's one of the hardest jobs. Yeah. Um, so it's just being really kind of shifting our set in terms of how people learn. Right. And, and you say there's really two types of curiosity uh, that you can see in kids and both are valuable. Yes. So there's cognitive, right? It's the desire for new information. So cognitive curiosity. Um, it's sort of probably what people think of it when they think of curiosity. But there really is also sensory curiosity. We all know those people whose desire for new sensations or new skills. Um, it's much more sensory or physical. Um, so there's there are different types of curiosity. It's not just sort of the intellectual curiosity. It is also the, the that person that's willing to take physical risks and try new things. And, and so that sensory curiosity is equally as important. Yeah. So when you're thinking about your kids and, uh, and so often, I think as parents, unwittingly, we might shut this down be like, don't do that. And this is how what you need to do. And if you do this, this will happen. Um, but really, you're saying the reverse, the kind of stuff that we want to do is encourage our kids with open ended things, letting them try new things. Don't really giving and not giving as much instruction. Right. And and it 
it, it does take a bit of retraining on the part of parents. And, you know, without going into a, a whole thing on this, often parents either do one of two things. They either parent the way that they were raised or they go in the total opposite. But it's really sometimes as parents looking at how we were raised and what things that we did not find helpful in how we were raised and making changes in how we raise our children. And so one of that is really about exposing our kids to a variety of experiences, not just like I played soccer, so therefore my kids need to play soccer, but you know, my child who might have no interest in any physical activities, but really wants to do art and tr really wants to do something, you know, different or is really into chess or is really into languages, you know, allowing them to be curious, allowing them to explore things. Um, they really want to play the guitar, right? And that also means that it's, as parents, it's allowing our kids to take some risks. It doesn't mean you have to go out and buy the guitar, but maybe you rent a guitar for a period of time. Let your child take some guitar lessons and let them try new things because it's in that exploration that they they learn that exploring and trying and with trying always comes the risk of failure. And it's so it means as parents becoming a little bit more open to failure experiences and not just trying to fix it for our kids, um, but allowing those failure experiences because maybe they try the guitar and they're like, they're like the next Eddie Van Halen, or maybe they try the guitar and they're like, uh, I don't really like this, right? And you didn't invest too much, so, you, so you, you allow sort of the curious exploration, and then you move on to the next thing. Um, so it's, a, it's an open-mindedness on the part of parents as well. Yeah, and how do we nurture curiosity? What are some examples of how a script would go at home? So I do think it's about asking more open-ended questions, and not just like, how was your day at school today? Um, it's, you know, saying things like, you know, what your child may have done something. You say, well, what made you decide to do that? Like, what was the thinking that went into that? Um, sometimes I liken curiosity to problem solving, right? So it's not just if something goes wrong, okay, kids, here's how you fix it. It's, well, what kind of options did you think about for trying to fix that? Or did you did you think that there might be another way of doing it? So, you know, asking, saying things like, is there anything you learned from that experience that you might do differently next time, right? So it's trying to ask more kind of thought-provoking questions as opposed to um, just shutting down those kind of things. And I'm not necessarily talking about the two-year-old, although there is some benefit to this, that it constantly ask, asks questions, because um, that I know that can get a little tiring for parents, but realize that is their curiosity at play. So as much as you can encourage that, why is this? Why is the sky blue? Why, you know, why do people ride bicycles, right? All those kind of what seems like endless questions that young children ask sometimes is that open-ended curiosity. So as a parent, we need to resist the temptation to make choices for our child. Um, and I think sometimes we want to do that because we just know, we think we know what's right. <laughs> we do know what's right. I mean, I think there's some truth to that. We do know what's right based on our own life and our own experiences. However, I think that it comes to a level of acceptance as a parent that our children are, in fact, different people. And it's okay for them to have different experiences. I might have a tremendous amount of knowledge in a lot of different situations. However, if I tell my, my children what to do and how to do it, 
it does not open them up to curiosity. And in fact, it just often brings in a lot of resistance, um, which just makes everyone's life a little harder. Um, so, so it really is about being, being open. And I think so much as parents, we just want to help our kids. We want to do the right thing and we just want to fix things, but fixing things doesn't really help them. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, what do you do though? When let's say you want to raise your kids to experience new things and you think, gosh, I think if they just tried this sport, this food, this experience, it would, they'd probably be so good at it. And they're so resistant and no, 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 no. Um, is that a time to step in and say, I just want you to try this? Or uh, how do you handle that? How do you, how do you encourage curiosity? Right. So in those situations, there's a line between sort of forcing someone to do something and allowing, allowing yourself as the parent or, or really trying to set up the conditions for your child to just be curious, because I might think that they really should play the guitar and they'd be a great guitar player, but they're really interested in the drums. And I say, no, 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 the guitar, you'll learn to read music, you'll learn to, you know, learn chords, but they only want to play the drums. So it's, it's really still looking at it as musicality in this one particular situation. And it's, so it's being open to what their words are, what they're curious about, and not just having them do what we believe is best for them or we believe they should do. Um, so it's really kind of holding back as parents and allowing that open-endedness um, in a way that that is sometimes hard because often as parents, we have a lot of life experience to draw on. Um, so, you know, our adolescents don't think that we were ever teenagers, but we were, and we have experiences to draw on, but allowing our kids to kind of be their own person. And... Uh... You say we also need to, in order to do that, we need to really get comfortable with letting the kids fail, that that's actually part of it. That's the education. That is part of it. So failure experiences are re where real and true learning takes place. And that's when you say things like, oh, is there anything that you learned from that experience? Or how would you do it differently next time? Or, or what made you even decide to do it that way? So, so not always being critical. And I'm not talking about safety issues, right? If someone's standing at the edge of the cliff, they need to step back. So I'm not talking about safety issues here. I'm talking about just more open-ended exploration and allowing some of those failure experiences as hard and painful as it is to see your child, you know, crushed or devastated by, a, you know, by a particular experience or not doing something well. But we need to, to build tolerance in ourselves as well as in our kids for some of those failure experiences. Yeah, if you say that's a big part of it, is if you're going to try new things and be curious, you have to build that frustration tolerance, which is so hard for kids. I mean, some kids I, I know who might have ADHD or other things like a low frustration tolerance can be a symptom. Yes, and that, that frustration tolerance really is important to build on. Um, and, and part of that comes from, as parents, allowing that frustration, right? So I don't want to shut, you know, my child tries something, it doesn't work out. Now I'm worried and frustrated for them. So I'm, you know, I'm shutting down their kind of emotional experience. And then that sort of stuffs them down. It makes it harder for them to express themselves. So it's allowing some emotional expression on the part of your kids. They need to learn how to manage that frustration. It doesn't mean that they punch a hole in the wall, um, but maybe they need to like go for a bike ride when they're really upset or frustrated, or they need to you know, pound some couch cushions if that's what they need to do. But finding ways to release that frustration in, in ways that are really healthy as opposed to 
um, just shutting down that frustration all the time. So um, teens can be a little bit um, uh, difficult. We talk about this on Caris Cares all the time with you, that the, the way this looks for a younger child of, oh, what would you make? What? What made you think that might be different than your teen who might be getting curious about things that you really don't want them to get curious about? Uh, you know, the, I know it's a rite of passage, but we hear curiosity with teens and we think of things we get nervous about, like trying alcohol or trying some other things. And, and, and where's the line there of curiosity? This is part of your growing up and really laying it down. Right. So and, and, and you know, curiosity there's a line between what's safe and unsafe, right? So honestly, I think we need to be realistic that teens do need to explore and try some things. Um, and to really look at, you know, you find out your child had uh, had a drink at a party instead of throwing consequences at them. It's saying things like, how did it make you feel? Like, did you, like, what made you d decide to do it? Like, how did that make you feel? Is that something you think you would do again? So instead of, I mean, that creates dialogue as opposed to saying, you're not going out anymore, you're grand, right? Because then you've totally shut down any curiosity about that situation. Um, and you can say as the parent, listen, I was concerned about this, this situation. I, that's why I asked you if parents would be there. And then, you know, you, we found out that parents were not there, or, you know, things happened differently than the way that they unfolded, but you've created an open dialogue as opposed to just shutting things down. So, um, you know, there are, is certainly a time when consequences are important, um, but I would try to take a little bit more uh, curious route and, and non-judgmental route for some of these situations as, a, as opposed to just shutting them down and throwing consequences at them. Okay. So if the child says, uh, the teen says, yes, I did. I had a beer. I liked it. Why did you do it? Because everyone was, and it seemed like fun. Um, you kind of go with that. <laughs> I, I mean, I, I mean, I honestly, I would explore it. Like, well, so how did it make you feel? Like, did you, did you think that you wanted then a second or did you just stop at one? Well, why did you stop at one when you said that other people had two or three? So, okay. So it gave you a stomach ache. Okay. So so now that you know that it gives you a stomachache, is that something you would do again, right? So you see how you can actually go somewhere with this because here's the reality. Our teens, especially as they get older and then developmentally get, get exposed to more and more of life's temptations, they need to have the ability to solve those problems because we will not be there. Okay. And, you know, while we would like it to be our, you know, what we call the superego, right? The parent's voice in the back of your head telling you what to do. They have to learn to make some of those judgments and decisions on their own. Yeah, yeah. So it's about choosing the mistakes that let them make the mistakes that aren't going to make their whole, have a big consequence on their whole life versus, all right, you right. made a mistake. Cause, and, and remembering that, I guess, uh, we can all admit that we learned a lot more from failure. I think of the story of the founder of Spanx, and she said her parents every night would ask her, instead of how did school go, they asked all the kids, what did you fail at today? And they really... Norma is failure. So she thought it was very normal when she got like 300 rejection ideas for her Spanx prototype. And now look at it. <laughs> right. And and that those th those were really curious questions. Right. Like, wh what did you fail at today? What went wrong today? Like, you know, and how did you wh what did you do about it? Right. Those are really open ended, curious questions. So that's a perfect example of what this researcher was was looking for. in these highly successful individuals was this curiosity. And part of that curiosity is a, a, a greater tolerance for failure experiences or frustration.
I know this is going to be hard for some parents um, to hear because uh, they're thinking, gosh, I have to be involved. And there's much more of a culture nowadays than maybe when we were growing up of your parents really being involved. And, you know, there's all these parents that are doing all these things and putting their kids in all these things. And so there's that competition of like, oh, I'm not doing enough. Uh, I think some parents will feel. But basically, this science actually said uh, that doing all that, fixing all that, uh, being that parent who's laying out so many roadmaps to success is actually worse than the people who are letting it, their kids figure it out. Right. It's actually, it shuts down those, that natural development of skills. I mean, if you think about it from like an early childhood perspective, right, what's some of the greatest learning and some of the uh, best, you know, connections in the brain happens during free play. It doesn't happen during, you know, during structured instruction. It's during free play. It's during dramatic play. That's how children learn best. So if you take some of those skills and you add on developmentally five years or 10 years um, or even as adults, and it's it really does take a lot to dig deep as a parent to not engage in that ill called social comparison where we look at the parents around us and say, well, their child's more successful or their child's more successful. What am I doing wrong? And really, truly just holding on to the fact that we are each on different paths and your child doesn't need to be taking the AP classes and the you know advanced college classes um, because there's all types of learning, there's all types of intelligence, and there's all types of curiosity. Good advice. So we end there. We get a little in summation. We're going to have to let our kids get frustrated and we're going to have to be able to be handling some frustration <laughs> and allow curiosity to, to yes. come out. Curiosity may not have been good for the cat, but it cures the kids. <laughs> it does. All right. Thank you, Dr. Saunders. Thanks, Kara. And if this information is important to someone you know, uh, please share it. Um, we love to get the word out about uh, information on the cutting edge of wellness. And you can follow me on social media at Kara Sundlin. I like to share this content there. Have a great day, everyone. Be well.